everybody, welcome back to another fantastic edition of your Heart in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. It is your host, Matt, again accompanied by Michael. And today, uh, as we're recording this, marks the 10th day of the NBA season. And boy, has a lot gone on in those 10 days. Then we're going to talk all sorts of things about it from general trends to east and west and and how screwed our preseason rankings are and this that and the other thing but before we do that this edition of the podcast is brought to you by pepsi cola a low sodium real sugar soda brought to you by none other than the pepsi company itself uh you too can enjoy a delicious pepsi made with real sugar uh, from your local grocery store or using our promo code uh, HITP over at uh, pepsi.com. It also makes a fantastic mixer for your potential rums like your Bacardi, another sponsor of the podcast that uh, I haven't been jo- enjoying uh, a lot today. So with that, uh, let's just hop right into it. So, so Michael, kick us off on this 10-day recap of the NBA. So it's been an entertaining 10 days, I would say. Uh, We've seen a lot of high scoring going on in the league. I mean, teams that you wouldn't even think, right? Like the Jazz hanging 81 on Golden State and a half. I mean, that's incredible. Like, you know, if we just think about, like, the track of these games, like the pace is insane, right? Like 10 years ago, some of the finals, like, games, the teams weren't even able to put up, like, 80 points in a whole game. And, like, the Jazz, like, one of the slowest teams on paper outside of probably Donovan Mitchell. Hanging up 81? That's, like, on Golden State, too. Like, not not even, like, a scrub team. And the sadder part of that is they ended up losing that game. But then, you know, one of the crazy things I'm seeing is, you know, you see the little uh, sort of lower third uh, kind of revolving window of, you know, NBA news that pops up on these games when you're watching them. I think it was three or four days ago, the Pelicans scored 149 points in regulation as their highest scoring, you know, franchise game ever. It's just insane what we're seeing from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, so how about the intensity of these games? Like, it's basically the playoffs have started in October, right? Game one between the Pelicans and the Rockets. I mean, my God, it was like watching a game six in a Western Conference Finals, like, these games are already, like... Same with that Jazz-Golden State game. That was... The crowd was so into it. It was so hype. It was, you know... And these are, like, reasonable playoff matchups, too. It's It's been great, honestly. Yeah, I mean, some of these overtime games, Bucks and uh, Charlotte, I mean, that's a potential 3-6 matchup in the East. Just... Ah, there's, there's a lot to love about this season already. And I don't know if you saw the uh, even the Lakers Nuggets game that uh, LeBron got a triple double with. They finally got their win. You know that was great. Yeah, I mean, Jokic had a perfect triple double. Yeah. Mean, wow. I mean, I don't even know if a guy that size has ever done anything like that before. I mean, let alone you of- think he's probably the most unathletic center in the league. He's like two ninety and big and white and not really strong just has a big body and wiggles the right way i guess 
Yeah, and then, I mean, even besides all the basketball, we got all this, like, crazy, you know, spit gate between uh, Rondo and CP3. You know, we still got the Jimmy Butler drama. We got Joel Embiid having a beef with, like, everybody at this point. I mean, even the drama is, like, at playoff levels right now. Uh, it was great. I loved that Lakers-Rockets game. That was amazing. Uh, the Jimmy Butler thing is still insane to me, and then... And Bede's still spitting fire like he was last year. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just so I wish I had more time to spend watching it. It's been so good so far. Give me your uh, top like three or four like greatest moments of the first uh in first ten days. Definitely so far my number one has gotta be the Golden State uh Basically, Steph Curry going off game versus the Wizards a few days ago, where he, I think he had 51 and he was like 11 of 16 and from three or something like that. Most of those were in the first half, too. Just felt like the yeah. dude couldn't miss. And then, like, two days later, Kevin Durant does it to the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, two days later. And the Knicks were even hanging in there that game. It's like. <laughs> Frank Nilakina was hitting threes and the crowd was into it and they're like, yeah, we're going to be Golden State. And then they never had anybody tall enough to defend KD. It was, it was amazing. Uh, n another big moment, in, for my opinion, was I didn't see, I saw only part of it, but I did see Blake's big game the other night where he had uh, 50 points. That was kind of out of the blue. I wouldn't have expected that this year. Uh, and, then, and then probably... The other big game I saw was the uh, the Lakers Rockets with Bitgate, Rondo and Brandon Ingram and everybody getting thrown out. Bunch of <laughs> shitty ass calls in that game. Who do you think should have won the game? Do you think the Lakers should have won the game? Oh yeah, I think the Lakers should have yeah, won the game. I kind of felt the same way. Kind of felt like the Lakers really should have won that game. Yeah. Actually, I feel like the Lakers have should have won a lot of games already. But uh, we'll we'll jump into the East first. Yeah, let's hit the East up. So so, I think maybe the biggest surprise to everybody right now is the Raptors are six and zero, technically the best record in the league. Uh, and Kawhi looks as good as he did three years ago. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw the replay of that. Jimmy Butler did that backdoor cut, and he just kind of dove for the ball, yeah, not even looking yeah. at it, and got a, a no, no look, look steal. steal. <laughs> Like, that is the most Kawhi thing I've ever seen. And then even, uh, I think it was one or two games before that, it was him and Danny Green doing a Spurs double block on a chase down. I was like, oh my god, what is this team? And I mean, the crazy part about the Raptors right now is that it's like Kyle Lowry is still basically their best player on offense. Like, it's like insane. Like, it really has been an upgrade from DeRozan to Kawhi. And you're getting this, like, monster production out of Lowry right now. And then everybody else in the rotation is, like, killing it on both sides of the ball. I mean, this is, like, a pretty efficient team on both offense and defense right now. It seems it's got a good amount of depth. You know, it's got a lot of good two-way players. My only problem is I, I'm not a big fan of their offensive sets they run. It's kind of just, like... Kind of reminds me of OKC a couple of years ago, where it's like, all right, just give it to the star and hope they get something. But so far, it's been working out. So we'll see if the heat cools off on on the Raptors. 
I mean, first impression, I think – so they, they've already played Boston uh, once at the uh, in Toronto, and they beat them. So, I mean, maybe it's a sign to come. I mean, I think Toronto is still the number two team in the East um, just because Kyrie really hasn't hit the ground running it. But, I mean, they gave Boston quite a lot of matchup problems with Kawhi. Right, and he's – Kind of the anti-venom really to a lot of this positionless basketball right now because he's just the right size not too big not too small you know super great defensively jason tatum stopper yeah i mean he's you know if there's an mvp race right now he's probably top three in there right now so number two in the east the milwaukee bucks how surprised are you that the Milwaukee Bucks are five and zero? I'm actually pretty surprised. I was, I think, I only watched one Bucks game so far, and that was the Bucks Hornets game. And Kemba had some ridiculous shooting performance, but they still lost off a game winner. I was like, oh my god, that feels so bad. But you know, I was like, man, if the Hornets can really go toe to toe with these guys, you know, they got to be beaten by somebody else. But Giannis is uh, definitely gotten better, I think, in terms of they give him all this space to shoot threes, and he's kind of making them now, and he knows better than he used to how to attack off that open space. Yeah, I think the crazy thing with Milwaukee is that I, they're still growing into that system under uh, Budenholzer. You know, they're jacking up threes. Everybody's jacking up threes. I mean, even Henson's, like, taking a three every now and again. So everybody's, like, shooting threes. Everybody's, like, rotating pretty well. But it still feels like, man, this Milwaukee team can get better. And I think that's got to be pretty scary if you're Boston, Toronto, and Philly. I, I Yeah, I, I can see that. I still feel like they're, like, one step away, though, somehow. Like, it just doesn't quite seem to me that they're championship contender, but... They're definitely a contender for the East title, for sure. Yeah, I think they're, they're definitely my dark horse pick for the Eastern Conference Finals right now. I mean, Giannis, some of these, some of these like, transition you know, layups from, you know, he picks up the ball and the rebound, even if it's a make, he's, like, going coast to coast, and he's just gliding through. And it was insane to watch, like, this guy just creates so many, like, matchup problems because sometimes he's, like, doing this like high pick and roll thing and then other times he's like slipping down low and it's like if if even their uh henson's gonna shoot a like a three it allows Giannis to work on the inside and it's just he's got a lot of options right now and i think it's gonna unlock Giannis's game hey you know let's not underestimate brooke lopez's corner threes too yeah brooke lopez i mean even, even like malcolm brogdon who you wouldn't really think of as like putting up any shots but like the dude's making like two threes a game so you gotta kind of respect it and then uh who's that villanova uh kid that they drafted uh divincenzo yeah divincenzo i like this guy like seems like a good fit so far yeah so speaking of sneaky good uh the pistons are four and oh what is going on with that besides blake's massive game uh, the Dwayne Casey effect. I don't, I don't even know how to put this into context. Like, this team makes no sense in 2018. You got a traditional big in Andre Drummond. 
You got a guard who can't even like really shoot and Reggie Jackson. You got a Blake Griffin who's like probably three years past his true, true prime. But somehow they're all just kind of making it click. This is kind of reminiscent of last year, though. It was last year the Pistons also came out really strong and then they just fell apart. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think, you know, I was looking at stat lines and it's like Drummond and Blake 26 and 12 apiece. And then they win the game. I'm like, okay, you know, makes sense to me. Let's just play like 2004 basketball. I mean, it's going to work in the East, right? Because the East is just, it, I mean, it's it's like half these teams are basically trash. I don't know so who defends like, Blake in the East. Like, uh, like when you really think about it. Well, I mean, even Blake is like starting to move a little outside. He kind of plays this like point four thing that he played uh, that one year when CP3 got injured down some stretch. I think it was 2014. And so it's kind of nice to see that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, he's too big. He's kind of like, kinda like this weird LeBron shape almost. Yeah, he's like too big for Al Horford or like a Serge Ibaka. And he's like a little too physical for Giannis, I think, to really like deal right. with. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, Thad Young uh, it might be too slow. Like Embiid, you know, Whiteside. Uh, you can't put a center on him, though, because you got Drummond. I, I honestly, the only guy that really jumps out and says like, "Oh man, he could probably defend Blake," is either uh, a Morris twin who is really incentivized to win for some reason, or Aaron Gordon. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, a Morris twin, uh, the Celtics and the Pacers are tied at three wins and two losses. So, kind of interesting here that. You know, of these games we've had so far, Kyrie has really not really uh, not really performed very well in my estimate. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird, right? I think right now it's almost like Boston are sort of overrated and underrated at the same time. Because I think everyone just expects Boston to kind of run the table through the East, you know, like sixty plus wins high margins of victory, kind of just cruise control, you know, and, you know, eventually meet up with, like, a Golden State or something in the finals. And so far, they've kind of struggled reintegrating Kyrie. Uh, But the way I'm kind of seeing it is kind of the opposite side of the coin, where it's like, you know, I think Steve Kerr called Kevin Durant, like, the greatest luxury in basketball. And I'm looking at this Boston team. I've only seen two games, so take it with a grain of salt. But it's like, Kyrie is the second greatest luxury right now in the NBA. Yeah, kind of. And let's not forget here that uh, Jason Tatum has gotten better, like scary better in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's like he's really embraced the whole like Kobe thing, but for like a 2018 game where it's like he's also going to like pass. So maybe not super Kobe, but like, it's like Kobe Light. Let's not forget Gordon Hayward, too. I know he's getting limited minutes off the leg injury, but, and, you know, from what I've seen so far, it looks like his ups aren't quite the same as they used to be, and he was never, like, a super amazing three-point shooter, so that's a little disheartening, too, but I hope that he still gets back to being better. Yeah, I think he's going to be, like, a guy where, you know, over the course of the season, he has to kind of get back into, like, not necessarily shape, but kind of like back into the groove of what's going on. Because he has like 
pretty much no experience with any of these guys like on this team. And it's like this team is just I mean, it's nine deep, ten deep even. Yeah, and it's really hard to say whose team it is to kind of maybe there's gonna be a a problem there in opinion. Yeah, but I think I think overall I think Gordon Hayward is like a perfect X factor where it's like Stevens could keep him in the starting lineup, he could move him to the bench and he becomes this kind of like, you know, Manu kind of player where it's like he just kind of gets that second unit going and then he can close out a game. So it's like he's kind of like maybe the most versatile player. And so I guess the Pacers are at this rank too. I haven't really seen any Pacers games, so I don't really have a ton of comments other than I think Tyreek Evans is panning out pretty okay from what I've heard. Yeah, I think Indiana is basically going to be about where they were last year. And I think that's what I've seen kind of from them right now. I haven't actually seen a game. I've seen some highlights from um, some of their games against like the Bucks and stuff. And it it kind of seems like they're basically like a safe tier two Eastern Conference team, you know, definitely able to make the second round, but probably not quite enough, you know, shooting around to really like break their way into a conference final. But we'll see how Oladipo does since, uh, you know, last year, obviously he had that breakout season, you know, most improved player, you know, we'll see if he can become one of the, you know, kind of definitive guys of the East. So kind of in the next segment, we've got three teams that are 500 right now. So we got the Hornets, the Hawks, and the Heat. I'll start with H, serendipitously. Uh, All in the same division, too. Yeah, so the Hornets, uh, I saw that game with Kemba. I think it was the first game against the Bucks where the he Bucks, had 41 yeah. or something like that, and he just looked unstoppable, and they still lost. Yeah, Kemba's averaging like something crazy, like 33 points a game right now or something. I mean... Like I'm convinced he's an all star. I I think I think that was my prediction for him, wasn't it? That he was going to be an all star starter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's looking good. I mean, he's Charlotte, got the numbers. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Charlotte, it's like I kind of like I, I like their French connection thing that they have kind of going on with Batum and Tony Parker. It it's kind of a lot like uh, 2014 when the Spurs had Boris Diaw. And he was kind of also kind of operating as that kind of weird facilitator. I mean, I mean, Batum isn't that good, like as good as Diao, but it's kind of that kind of weird French, I don't know, vibe that they kind of got going on when like Kemba's not on the floor. And then when Kemba's on the floor, I mean, he's just putting up a show, dude. I mean, and you know, what's he's funny he's carrying this team and it's ridiculous. Is this, you know, Malik Munt's getting playing time, uh, MKG's getting playing time and they're they're playing like small ball all of a sudden and it's you know they'll play like Tony Malik and Kemba together I'm like holy shit like that's so small but it's working for them somehow yeah it it's it's kind of like what the Rockets had when they put PJ Tucker at the five like sometimes they put like MKG at the five and I mean that's like I mean, that's like almost like cringeworthy small, if you think about it. Like, yeah, I'm like, yikes! Like, I, I don't know if I trust it that much, but at the same time, it's like, well, you're playing five out now, so good luck with that. Yeah, and I mean, their their big men are not particularly great, right? Zeller and Hernan Gomez, and I'm missing somebody, but uh, Frank the Tank. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they just stop drafting. 
Big Ten centers slash power forwards, I think they'll they'll be okay. Then uh, the Hawks, uh, really the only thing to talk about here is Trey Young, which uh, kind of hit or miss when it comes game to game, but damn, he's had some pretty good highlights, entertaining highlights. Yeah, I mean, uh, he had that, like, already, like, a matchup with uh, Doncic, which is kind of interesting. It's like a kind of preview of... Who won the trade, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously way too early because both, like, suck on defense, but (laughs) I don't know. Kind of interesting that, like, even the rookies are, like, already doing pretty well, you know what I mean? Like, nobody's really burned out. Like, Aiton, I mean, we'll get to Aiton later, but, like, Aiton, Doncic, Trey Young... Mo Bamba, like they're all having pretty decent starts. Which is uh kind of nice. I, I enjoy watching uh you know, I'll watch a Hawks versus somebody and I don't feel bad about it because it's like, okay, you might you got this like ten percent chance that Trey Young's gonna go Steph mode. And that's still entertaining to see. Uh so so next up is the Miami Heat at five hundred. They're two and two right now. I haven't watched any of these games. So uh, I have really no comments. Yeah, I think the Heat are, it's like weird, right? Because like their best player is who? Dwayne Wade still, even though they spell his name wrong on the Jumbotron? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's kind of weird. Because it's like, you, you kind of, you can kind of see Miami sneaking into the playoffs. You can see them falling just out of it. Like you can kind of see them not really doing anything this season. Like, they, like if Miami just didn't even play a game this year, I think they'd have about the same amount of coverage as if they, like, became the eighth seed in the East. Like, no, no one's really talking about them unless they get Jimmy Butler. Yeah, we're only going to mention the Heat if it's Jimmy Butler or if Dwayne Wade retires or Whiteside gets traded. Like, that's pretty much all you're looking for, and it doesn't sound like any of those are happening, so... So, all right, the the speaking of uh, Hassan Whiteside, uh, let's talk about the beef. Talking about Embiid, my boy. So, I guess this is kind of an unimpressive start for the Sixers. They're two and three right now. Uh, Embiid, I don't know if he's out of shape or kind of what's going on, but he hasn't really been this uh, imposing barbecue chicken alert player that he was last year right now kind of been a little hard to watch at times yeah basically what i've seen with the sixers is they just don't have a bench and it's like as soon as Embiid or ben simmons come off the floor you know this team just has no offense whatsoever you know it's very reminiscent of what the Cavs were uh last year when lebron was uh you know, if LeBron wasn't on the floor, it's like, who runs the offense? And it's like, even though you have maybe two of the top 15 players in the league right now, I don't know how much they can really get out of the, you know, get out of the rest of the rotation, right? Fultz looks very iffy. Even Redick kind of looks a little off. And Covington's kind of coming up short on so many shots. And it's like, I mean, Ben Simmons is a god. I, I mean, I'm convinced in the you know, first game against Boston, I was like, my God, Ben Simmons yeah. is like, he's so close. He just needs that like a little bit of a jump shot, you know, like a little bit of a pull up from the elbow. And it's like, oh my gosh. 
you know, if this team got Jimmy Butler, I'd, this would be amazing. But, you know, if they traded, like, Reddick and Covington for Jimmy Butler or something like that. Yeah, they just need something. It's like, you know, it's kind of like Indiana, where it's like, if there's no Ola Depot on the floor, it's like, are they going to score points? You know, who's going to, like, kind of facilitate offense? And it's like, if Ben Simmons and, uh, and Bede are off, you know, who kind of gives them that lift? And, I mean, it should be Markel Fultz, who, I mean, at least he's playing. But, I mean, I, it looks like he's going to – he's he's definitely a project. Yeah, there, there's a lot of growing pains for him. And I think you see it now more than ever is how much that team stagnates when Reddick's not on the floor and the ball's in Ben or in Bede's hands. It's like there's no off ball at all. And Markel's a culprit of that for sure. So – you can kind of just lock in on those players and not really worry about it. What do you think of what do you think of Brooklyn? Yeah, I was gonna say I have anything to say. I have nothing to say except that sick dunk Anthony Davis had yesterday <laughs> over Jared Allen. That was that was probably contender of dunk of the year. Yeah, Nets keep uh, keep shooting for those lottery picks. Uh, the Orlando Magic. They beat Boston in a game. Yeah, I, I didn't see that game. I heard about it. I was like, holy crap, what the heck happened? Um, but, but what's the verdict on Mo Bamba right now? So it's, it's actually kind of, so I've actually kind of got this, it's more of a verdict that, you know, can pretty much be applied to anybody on that team because they're all basically kind of the same player, right? Uh, <laughs> but it was like, man, I, looking at that Orlando team, you know, preseason, I was thinking, this team isn't going to be able to score. And unless they have, like, they can defend because they just have really tall guys. I was like, man, like, there could be some some block game type of party, you know, on some of these games. And it's like, you know, if the other team kind of gets, you know, just cold enough, they're going to sneak out, like, a few wins, you know. And that's kind of what that Boston game was, you know. It was, you know, relatively low scoring for today's standards, right, in the 90s. So it's like they kept it relatively low scoring and then, you know, Kyrie's still not really Kyrie, still very cold from most places. And but I think I think Obama is transitioning well. The problem is Orlando is just never gonna like you know, you know, it's gonna be a very slow development, right? Because what can you do in Orlando? They're not gonna win. They don't really have a guard who can kind of give Obama the ball. They don't have any kind of outside shooting. That's a good point. And speaking of uh the losers. The Bulls are one in four right now. With yep. of course their million dollar man Zach Levine, who is scoring a surprising amount of points. Talking maybe maybe actually worth that contract. Uh <laughs> but who else is playing defense on this team? Yeah, I mean it I will say uh they definitely got kind of this weird mix where it's like they can upset a few teams here and there, and that might be, uh, you know, impactful when it comes down to the stretch of like rankings and seedings and things, you know, especially for some of those Western Conference teams um, where, you know, two or three games could mean like a three seed or completely out of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm not very convinced that this team is uh, good, <laughs> and we have 
predicted this team wasn't going to be great because it had no defense. And yep. I think we're <laughs> right on track right now. Cool. <laughs> so speaking of teams that aren't on track is the Wizards at one and four also. Uh, oh. I think we had these guys a little bit higher and sure part of it is they've had a pretty tough schedule but uh second part of it is john wall's still uh, out of shape in my estimate and uh dwight howard is got a buttocks injury that's leaving him out for games so not a big I'm fan yeah i'm waiting for this team to implode it's like it's it's like it's right there like you can kind of feel it you know it's like everyone kind of knows it's coming there's kind of this calm before the storm and then it's like you know what's going to be that first move to start breaking up this team because this experiment has run its course i mean we can kind of talk about we'll kind of get to this when we talk about the in the western teams but it's, it's kind of interesting that like portland is like a team that i kind of associate with the wizards in my mind and like they're both kind of on opposite kind of tracks right now you know with kind of very similar type of builds but it's like different different style outcomes, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm all with the Wizards kind of imploding. You know, as soon as one domino falls, they're all just going to fall. And it's going to be great to see because I think we all agree that, you know, you put John Wall on another team, that team's probably better. And you put Bradley Beal on another team, that team's probably better. And they have some good pieces parts that other teams can use. But it's just... And you can't say Dwight Howard is going to make this team above 500. Like, I, you know, I just don't know what changes. And Philly should start. Uh, what, what's a what's a Woj term that we can use? He's Philly should zero in on Bradley Beal. Yeah, they got their lasers on Bradley Beal, I guess. They should. Shooting guard, he can shoot threes, create his own shot. Another team, though, that's. Right where we had expected them is the New York Knicks at one and five. Of course, no Porzingis, and they have this weird tandem of point guards that either can't defend or can't play offense. Uh, so I'm actually a little surprised by the Knicks. I actually thought they would be slightly worse at being bad. So I, I figured the Knicks would try to tank out this year. Get a, you know, go in for the Kevin Durant sweepstakes or Jimmy Butler sweepstakes or Kemba or Kyrie or whoever. But I kind of thought that the Knicks would be so bad at being bad that they'd actually win too many games. But that yeah. does not seem to be the indication. So kudos to the Knicks. Finally doing something well. Well, the team that's actually doing things well is the Cavs right now because they are <laughs> own five. They're guaranteed the number one pick, as we know from yep. past history. No LeBron, uh, get the number one. <laughs> I haven't watched any of these games, but it seems like Colin Sexton is pretty solid, just not like phenomenal. But he seems like Ari, he was a worth a draft pick. Um, how how crazy is it that without LeBron, they literally can't win a game? Well, you know, LeBron can't win a game either right now. So maybe he's not the best player in the league if he can't win games with either team. You know. That's true. He should have just gone to Golden State like Kevin Durant did. But funnily enough, Golden State's not at the top of the Western leaderboards right now. Ooh, They're flappy fact. boys. It is our Pelicans from New Orleans. Ooh, Sick. Uh, Anthony Davis MVP. I mean, yep. that's pretty much where we're headed, right? He's number one in my books right now. You think he could win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? At the same time? 
It'd be tough, but maybe. I, Kawhi's giving him a run for his money right now. What do we think of the Anthony Davis Meritage duo versus the Anthony Davis Boogie duo? You know, this was maybe one of their more questionable decisions in the offseason, considering that Anthony Davis has historically wanted to be a not the not the center. He doesn't like playing center, but he's often the biggest guy on that team. You know, think about back when they had uh, Osik or um, uh, the uh, other really Ryan, long big Ryan guy. Anderson, right? They had Ryan Anderson at some point. Ajinsa, there we go. That's his name. <laughs> so they had Boy. these other like just random big dudes. So AD wasn't the de facto center, but I think he's either accepted that role or the league has just changed enough where you can play this double power forward strategy of Miritich and AD or, you know, Miritich Randall or Randall AD, some trio like that. And it's working out pretty well because all those guys can do things on the perimeter to some extent, you know, and, and Miritich has had what, two 30 some point games already. Like that's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, I think Anthony Davis plays the best when he's at the five. And obviously last year, Boogie was playing the five. Like, Boogie had to play the five, so pushed AD down to the four. But I think he's actually a better player at the five in kind of this reverse four-five thing with Miritich, where it's like Miritich is your outside, Anthony Davis is your inside, and then obviously Miritich isn't fantastic on defense, but Anthony Davis is. So, you know, they're kind of like this weirdly good combination together. You know, it's kind of like how uh, CJ McCollum and like Damian Lillard kind of feed off each other. It's like, you got to like, like both those guys kind of play together at the same time. And it's like when Miritich and Anthony Davis are together on the floor at the same time, it's like, man, like this is insane. And then Drew Holiday. Oh boy. Like we're talking about continuing that momentum, like from last season's playoff run. Exactly. And you know, we all thought the Rondo trade would screw him up, but Alfred Payton's already had a triple-double, and he seems like he's kind of fitting that role perfect for them right now. Yeah, this is this is becoming insane. But uh, let's move down to uh, the eventual champions, uh, Golden State Warriors. So we mentioned earlier, you know, Steph had this crazy 50-some point game against the Wizards they won, and KD the other night, 40-some against the Knicks they won. Again, Boogie's uh, been thrown out of the game already. Yeah, Boogie's already been ejected, and he's not <laughs> even playing. So uh, we're off to a great start in terms of, of Warriors coverage. Uh, really, the only issue I have with them is their schedule's been kind of easy right now. Yeah, I think they're pretty much just on perennial cruise control until April. Yeah, it seems like they, you know, they, their old strategy used to be win in the third quarter and it's like yeah, right after halftime yeah. push but now they've even delayed it till the fourth quarter and it's like all right we're gonna sub kd in and we're gonna win the game and we're gonna chill so yeah it's very like miami 2014 it's like all yeah. right guys like that on off switch it's like all right <laughs> like let's turn on now let's turn on now <laughs> kind of feels like that with the warriors but at the same time, I don't I don't know who could beat them in a seven game series, so it doesn't really matter right now. Honestly, their best game they had was the Jazz game. And that felt the same way of that random fourth quarter. All right, the light here come the lights. Took yeah. and they they started killing it after then. And even with that eighty one point half, so uh 
Let's move to uh, the number three team in the West right now. A team that you were very high on. I was not. So, but My the boy, Denver the Nuggets. Nuggets. Let's go. Jokic with the perfect triple-double. I am so all-in on this team right now. It's amazing. I love the new red in their uniforms and stuff. It actually, like, looks amazing to me. It looks a lot better than the light blue. Yeah, um, I mean, the crazy thing is they're actually going to get better, right? Because, uh, who's uh, out? Uh, Will Barton? Yeah, Will Barton, uh, thought he, like, sprained his hip or something when he hit the ground real hard the other day. Um, which is a bit of a bummer, but this Morris guy, who is, I guess, their second-string point guard, because IT isn't playing a whole lot for some reason. Yeah, yeah, very weird, yeah. <laughs> um, however, they haven't really needed him, I guess. It's been kind of the Murray-Harris-Jokic show, and then you got good old Paul Millsap sitting there still that everyone forgets about. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty sold right now. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that right now we have the Pelicans, the Nuggets, the Bucks, and the Pistons. Where basically for all those teams, their best player are you know is a big man, and Giannis, Blake, Anthony Davis, Jokic, and it's like you know everyone kind of thought with the league moving to small ball, it's you know that these guys might not be able to be quite as explosive. You know they kind of be taken advantage of, but if anything, they're kind of they're kind of feeding up like they're just chomping on the league right now. I mean, it it kind of just makes me think, man, if Shaq could have played in 2018, oh boy, he would have fucking destroyed. Well, speaking of small ball, uh, the Trailblazers are 3-1. and one. Now, the team that made zero off-season moves, even though they got swept by the Pelicans. Uh, well, if anything, they actually got worse because they lost a few players like Napier and Connaughton and at davis yeah so they got seth curry which is a nice consolation prize but it's been dame pick and rolls left right and center oh i know right (laughs) it's amazing i mean i didn't think he was gonna get better on offense or if they were just like all right fuck it we're just gonna give them every pick and roll known to man but he's had like 40 point back-to-back games right now so no man instead of like rip city they should just call it pick and roll city dude i mean this is insane like i wish i there's got to be like a, a stat that just counts the number of pick and rolls like per minute. And I bet you the Trailblazers are like number one in the league right about right now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Dame finally got off that all-star snub and, and you know, NBA snub last year. And I think he's going to hold on to it this year if his trend continues. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I kind of brought this up earlier with, you know, Portland kind of being this Western counterpart to the Wizards. Um, you know, a very heavy backcourt, and there, you know, theoretically should be enough uh, in the rest of the rotation to kind of like, you know, bump you up into kind of the top four, top five uh, conference ranks. And it's like Portland is actually working out in a harder conference. Um, but then again, you know, as with Portland, we've kind of seen them be pretty good in the regular season, just not able to really translate it come crunch time because of their smaller guard lineups. But maybe this year is different. I mean, the Blazers somehow always managed to figure it out. I mean, you know, when they lost LMA, everyone thought they were uh, going to be like a lottery team, and they ended up getting the playoffs and winning. So, Yeah, and speaking of surprising winners, the Clippers here are 3-2 and two after a pretty resounding victory over the Rockets last night with uh, Montrez Harrell getting 30 points off the bench in some Air Jordan 1s. So... 
I haven't watched any of the Clippers games, but uh, I don't think anybody had them this high. No, definitely not. I mean, I, I don't even plan on watching any Clippers games this year. So I just figured they'd be such a middle-of-the-road kind of team. You know, they would be kind of in that 8 to 12 kind of spot. But I mean, kudos to them. I mean... Feels kind of like the Pistons uh, in terms of they'll get this amazing start of the season surge, and then I think once everybody plays their ways into shape, they're going to taper off pretty quick. Yeah, which is kind of ironic because you and I both have the Clippers and Pistons like relatively uh, at the same like uh, team preview ranking spot. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And so then the 500 bracket in the West is probably our uh, most interesting teams, really. Kind of the, the dark horse candidates for the West. So the Spurs, the Grizzlies, and the Jazz are all 2-2 two and two right now. Pretty interesting. I, I would like to know what you think about the Spurs, though. I haven't watched any of those games, but how's DeRozan doing? I mean, he's he's kind of gelling decently well in that team. I mean, I still think they need to kind of figure out their defensive identity. I mean, because it was mostly Kawhi and Duncan for all those years. And obviously now there's no Tony Parker, there's no Manu. So they're kind of figuring it out still. But, I mean, I was pretty high on the Spurs preseason. You know, I had them uh, in my top five in the West. So it's kind of nice to see that Pop's able to kind of figure it out. And I think... As they go along, they'll be able to figure it out more and more. But, you know, it's kind of one of those teams where it's like, on paper, they shouldn't be this good, but they have a good coach, so they'll kind of make it work. Yeah, they had a good game against the Lakers. Like, came down right to the wire. Um, yeah, yeah, overtime winner. Yeah. yeah, so that was nice to see. And it kind of feels like uh, sort of everybody gets their meal on that team right now. It's like, all right, we're going to give... Patty Mills is a couple pick and roll threes. We're going to give DeRozan, all right, here's his ISO. All right, here's Rudy Gay's ISO. All right, here's LMA's ISO. You just kind of hang them out, kind of this pretty equal distribution, it feels like right now. So Yeah, and everyone feels very, like, uh, locked into that, like, San Antonio spur culture. So, so I think the verdict's still out on these guys. I think I think we need a couple more weeks to really figure out if it's working or not for them. Speaking of uh, working out, the Grizzlies are right here as well. Um, pretty excited from what I've seen so far in terms of Conley and Gasol getting back in playing time together. And uh, even Jaron Jackson looking pretty great, in my opinion. Yeah, they've definitely bounced back from last season um, now that they're a bit more healthy and stuff. And I think that's what you know, we all kind of want to see is like, uh, you know, those those kind of Memphis Grizzlies who still have Gasol and Mike Conley, you know, that identity of the grind, you know, those kind of grinding teams in the early uh, part of the decade. It's like, I kind of want to see like what they, you know, how they kind of play through 2018, you know, in the West. Kind of interesting because like, you know, I still think that their kind of defensive toughness, can translate through to some wins and get them the playoffs. So it's nice that they've kind of bounced back from last year. Yeah, and uh, probably be seeing them play the Jazz uh, next week. So that's going to be fun because the Jazz are 
you know, they're two and two on the leaderboards right now, but that could easily be a four and oh with how oh, close these games were. Um, they are. They're actually exciting the, to watch. Yeah. So they're maybe the best defensive team, you know, top three, maybe across the board with go bear and all their players play pretty good defense on both sides of the ball. And their pace isn't as bad as it was last year, which was kind of their big knock was, yeah, you know, all right, you know, you feel okay on defense, but you're biting your nails on offense that they aren't going to get a good shot off. And it seems like they've kind of figured that out. And, and Donovan Mitchell, of course, has really just been this godsend to them last year. Yeah, it kind of seems like they kind of like what Boston's done, where Boston's kind of given more of the low to Jason Tatum. Utah's kind of shifted more responsibility to Donovan Mitchell. And so far, you know, the experiment's working, right? Giving him kind of a higher share of the ball. Um, you know what I'm, you know, they're giving him the kind of the, the keys to close out these games. Yeah, yeah. But his dang finishing around the rim is so impressive to me. Like, he does all these scoop shots and off-foot Euros and all these other things, and they just keep going in. They aren't crazy, like, off-the-glass spins like Kyrie or, like, you know, these amazingly high floaters like Steph, but they're just, like, up and under the guy's arms or, you know, and... and Wow, like he just keeps getting better in my opinion. And then we move to the Sacramento Kings. So weirdly <laughs> on the verge of getting in on playoff fringes. Like if the playoffs started today, they'd have a play in. Yeah. Why are the Kings even here? So I, I'm not sure if it's why the Kings are here as opposed to why a few other teams have screwed up so badly. <laughs> um you know, let's give them their credit. De'Aaron Fox has gotten a lot better. We'll, we'll yes, give them yes. that. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley looks pretty playable uh, for for a rookie. You know, they've got a bunch of other two year, three year guys that are still trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. and they kind of caught you know a couple teams off guard, so to speak. So caught the Thunder with I think Westbrook's first game back and they caught the Rockets without Chris Paul. So yeah, they, they kind of, you know, I, I hate putting any stock in these guys, but you know, I, I feel happy for, for our boy Fox right now. Yeah. He looks pretty good. Um, I mean, he's probably going to turn out to be the best prospect on that team. You know, they're almost like a kind of a, you know, because all the a lot of those guys were like lottery picks and they came in the league at like 18, 19. It's almost like they're like a like a fourth year college team, really. It kind of has that kind of vibe to it where it's like. It does. It does. Yeah. It's like if these guys would stay in college, but the Mavs. All right. I have I am convinced that I have seen the light of Luka Doncic and it is amazing. So I absolutely was it was engaged with this, especially on that Atlanta game where it was like, all right, we got our boy DSJ Garden Trey Young, oh. and that was pretty good for our, for our boy. And then Doncic, you know, he's he's just a good playmaker. Like he's almost like a like a prime Manu, like already. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's like I don't even know how to describe his game. It's like. 
him and Ben Simmons, it's like, man, it's like every time they do something, it's like, wow, okay, I see it. But then it's like you're kind of waiting for like another year to pass by because you know like next year they're just going to be even better. It's like you can still see enough like, oh, I tweet this about them. I tweet this about their part of the game, you know. And But it's like the stuff he's doing is insane. Like some of these like rolls to the basket with DeAndre – it's just like, how the hell do these guys already have chemistry? Yeah, and his passing ability, I think, is a lot better than we expected, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're a Mavs fan, it, you know, it's got to be pretty nice right now because you're like, man, we finally have optimism for the first time since uh, actually winning that championship. You know, there's actually like a, a sense that this is going in the right direction. I mean, they still have to kind of work out, I think, the DSJ, Luka Doncic thing. It still doesn't look like it's clicking entirely. Um, but it's kind of crazy that, like, the other night, DSJ was the one uh, who had the last shot of the game, and he made it. And it's like, you know, that could have easily been reversed. So I think it's kind of cool that they got this kind of two-guard. Either guy could really do it. But um, – Obviously, DSJ is more athletic, so it's like if you really need a point at the end of the game, you're probably going to go with him. But I'm loving it right now, though. I'll, I'm keeping them on the uh, watch list. Speaking of teams on the watch list, the Lakers, two and three right now. Are what very kind of watch are we watch. talking about? Are we talking about suicide watch with the Lakers? Suicide watch, particularly for Alonzo <laughs> Ball. Uh, he has not looked too hot this year, but Kuzma. Ooh, that's really interesting i actually think lonzo does look pretty good this year oh god <laughs> i think no honestly like his his shot has become less janky his he's like probably the third best three-point shooter on that team right now when he does have the ball he's like he's moving well like he's not holding the ball you know it's not like a james harden let me dribble around for 20 seconds and iso up it's like let me be the guy <clears throat> to like flow this transition he can play in pace. I don't know if anything. I'm convinced that Lonzo should like get should become a starter on this team and get more minutes than Rondo. Well, uh, maybe that's the secret sauce of Rondo and Ingram being out for a few games. Is the spotlight's now back on Lonzo and Kuzma, who I think Kuzma's been playing really well as this like amazing like kind of glue guy almost yeah i mean he had that one uh game where he put up like 37 or something like uh i think two games ago uh i mean he's still very streaky and he can't really play the five but like i you know i their young core is pretty is pretty interesting like josh hart looks decent i mean he's definitely he's definitely an upgrade over uh jordan clarkson from last year Oh, yeah, dude, then, Josh Hart's amazing right now. And then Lonzo, you know, I feel like Lonzo can connect this offense together, and then Kuzma, you know, can kind of play this, like, four, you know, like the perfect four game. I mean, he's playing some minutes at center because McGee can't obviously play 45 minutes a game, which he kind of needs to because McGee is, like, the most improved player of the year right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know... I'm a big fan of the improvements that these players have made, and I don't think it's LeBron just giving them easy looks. I think it's they legitimately got better. Whether oh, it's yeah. the system, you know, they're more accustomed to the system, or they're just more in shape, too. Yeah, I, I think the Lakers also have kind of, the, you know, they're kind of reminding me of the Bucks right now, where it's like 
they actually do have decent depth and their system is kind of there. Like you can see what they want to do. They're just not really executing it right now. Whereas like, I think the bucks have kind of already started to kind of get that system. Well, you know, they've kind of already been successful with Budenholzer's kind of open up with the three system. And it's like, I can see what the Lakers are trying to do. They just don't really have quite enough shooting to do it. Well, you know, it's let's not get too hard on, you know, their growing pains. And let's remember the first year with the Cavs on LeBron's return wasn't too hot looking either. So, yeah. And I mean, if I'm being really honest, like the Lakers probably should have beaten the Rockets, probably should have beaten the Spurs. So they could have easily been like uh, what, four and one instead of two and three. I mean, they, they've already lost some close games. I mean, even even the Portland game at the very beginning, I mean, was a relatively close game. Speaking of uh, teams that should be higher, the Timberwolves are two and four as well. Uh, Gross. No, this was my implosion team. This was my team that was going to blow up. But then Jimmy Butler decided to give a shit. Yeah, except for last <laughs> night when he had five points, five rebounds, and one assist. Uh, uh, hasn't Towns already had two games of, like, two points? <laughs> so so this team's obviously on the brink of disaster. Uh Jimmy Butler trades are going around more and more. The biggest one, hottest one, is Rockets' potential four first-round <laughs> picks for Jimmy Butler, which I think we would agree would probably be really good for the Rockets, but uh, damn, if they lost at any point, that would be such a bad sign on the future. I mean, that's like the the Celtics-Nets kind of thing, right? Where it's like the Nets basically just traded away this entire decade. That would be the most equivalent thing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they need Jimmy, right? Like, the, the Timberwolves, they definitely need Jimmy Butler, which is kind of the problem. And let's not forget, though, the reason this team has two wins is Derrick Rose. This dude has uh, actually oh, returned yes. to form this year. Like, <laughs> like, he's actually playable this year. That's true. He did have, what, 25 points the other night? Yeah, he's got like 25 unreal. points against Golden State. Uh, looks athletic again. Looks like his shot has has uh gotten a little bit smoother. Um, it it's like it's like uh, do you remember kind of last year after Cleveland uh had that like complete revitalized trade thing like in the mid year and it's like Dwayne Wade went back to Miami and it's like every two weeks he'd have this kind of like oh man, Dwayne Wade, like vintage night, you know, like this like classic D Wade kind of performance. I feel like we're kind of seeing that with D Rose. We're kind of in this like, oh man, look at that. That's like the vintage kind of nostalgia game for like Derrick Rose. Yeah, but I love to see it because it's like the Timberwolves oh, and it's D Rose and it's like this guy's been shit on for like the past five years. Yeah. Uh, so it, I mean, it, it's just a feel good story in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, number thirteen, we have the Phoenix Suns. What's your? Uh... I think we're actually Phoenix? we're pretty right on this one in terms of where they stand. Uh, you know, we have them bo- kind of bottom of the barrel, kind of lottery team esque, maybe fringe playoff team, but yeah, I think a lot of has to do with being in the West. Absolutely, and being in the West, I think, has helped Aiton kind of hit this twenty and ten stride that he's on right now, which is solid but because his team's losing it's gonna be hard for me to say he's rookie of the year leader right now yeah i mean what's your take on 
bringing Trevor Ariza in. I, I think, if anything, I've seen the transformation of this team. I mean, I mean, they're basically playing money ball with Trevor Ariza. I mean, he's he's given them good looks from three. He's given them defense. He's kind of shaping up TJ Warren to kind of be his um, heir to be on this team. It's like he's kind of doing enough. I think that the Trevor Ariza trade might be good for Phoenix. It does um, look like there's a culture change a little bit. You know, you got that yeah. new coach too. That's a good point, yeah. Um. So I, I'm not saying they're they're fantastic right now, but I think the seeds are starting to be planted for for something to go on here soon. Uh, the next team is a team that looks like they've run out of rocket fuel. What's going on with Houston? Yeah, their steel beams got in the way of the Rockets right now. Um, so Chris Paul obviously <laughs> out for a couple games. Um, Carmelo. Well, James Harden has been pretty bad. Uh, Harden's been in and out, and well, he's got know, a he's got a grade one uh, sprain or something now. Oh, really? He's, okay. He's gonna be yeah. So you're gonna have CP3 come back, and like obviously CP3 is never in shape until like fucking February. But like uh, Harden's gonna be out for a little while. So although I think that might actually help Houston, is <laughs> uh, Chris Paul is a, a much more efficient uh, guard. So, so maybe we're seeing uh, just a little bit of a bad luck of the draw here early on, but I think part of it too is the Warriors and the Rockets were kind of in a tier of their own last year, and I think most people kind of had them up there again this year, so I think you're seeing a little bit of cruise control going on with both of these teams, especially with the perennial health issues that the Rockets seem to get near playoff time. Yeah, it just looks like they're kind of like a little sleepy almost. You know, they like, they still haven't really gotten over. They kind of still have this kind of weird Western Conference hangover, you know, possibly title, you know, hangover since like if they had beaten Golden State, they probably would have won the title. So it's like they kind of just seem a bit sluggish right now. But who knows? I mean, the season's only 10 days old. So we got a lot going on. But uh, let's wrap up with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who currently sit 0 for 4. Yeah, this is a, a big yikes for me, dog. So, so uh, Westbrook has only been back for a game, and... Uh, he looked awful. Yeah, he looked pretty bad. <laughs> and Paul George hasn't looked great either. Oh, gosh, yeah. And the Schroeder thing doesn't look good either. Uh, but Steven Adams looks still good, so that's great. Uh, Roberson's gone still, so that's kind of bad. Um, I mean, uh, what's his name? Jer- Jerry and Grant? Jeremy Grant? One of them. Yeah, one of the Grants, okay. He, you know, he's fine. Uh, the Ferguson guy's still still all right. Uh, you know, maybe this team would be better right now if I had Mello on it. Uh, so I actually kind of thought that this team would be a lot better defensively. And maybe some of that has to do with Westbrook hasn't really been, you know, he's only played the one game. Andre Roberson's still out. But, you know, I kind of thought this team would become much more defensive focused, uh, you know, with Grant, Adams, Roberson, Westbrook, Nerlens Noel even. And then obviously Paul George is known to be a two-way player, but he's not really playing like it. I mean, if anything, Paul George is kind of becoming forgettable, it seems. It's almost kind of the you know, Oladipo, when he went to Indiana, looked now looks amazing, and it's like Paul George coming here, it's like an abyss, and 
Yeah, it's seems kind to be a of lot weird. of problems going on with Oklahoma City and. I think the net That's... market value of Paul George has dropped since he went to OKC. Yeah, kind of I mean, surprising. Might have actually been a good move for the Lakers not to have gotten Paul George. I mean, right now. Yeah, maybe you know they get him for cheap next year. Or you know you just get a better version of Paul George and Kevin Durant. This is true. So uh, so there's still a lot of time though. Remember last year the Thunder started off. Uh, I think they started off pretty rocky as well, and they kind of got it together around the All Star break, and then they kind of fell apart again as the season ended. So this is a team that definitely has a history of coming and going in waves. Uh, but that's probably the biggest surprise, honestly, is this Rockets and Thunder at the bottom of the West right now. Yeah, I mean, I thought the Thunder would have would be the best chance of knocking off Golden State in the West. But the more I've seen, actually, I, I kind of think the Lakers, you know, I think the Lakers right now can make the Western Conference Finals. And there's your hot take of the day, brought to you by... Pardon the Paint podcast. Uh, so, uh, you know, overall, I've been excited to watch more of the NBA. I'm excited uh, tonight. I think I'm watching, going to be watching the Pelicans Jazz game because that should be pretty solid. Um, but but we will definitely keep you in touch. Uh, what are you? Uh, what are you going as for Halloween, Matt? It's Halloween. I'm going as the ghost of Nets past. Oh boy! Do they even have a past? What is Nets past? Jason Kidd. It's a bunch of uh, it's a bunch 2000. of placards that say first round pick, and they say have an arrow pointing to Boston. Yep, there we go. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, so uh, next week, uh, may or may not get to another episode. Just uh, a lot of busy going on. I'm going to be out for a couple days. I'll probably be at the uh, Utah Grizzlies game over in Salt Lake. So, hopefully, I'll get some tickets there and grab myself a Mitchell jersey. Ooh, nice! So, uh, with that, we thank you all for tuning into this episode. You can always find us at the links below, as well as we love hearing your feedback on in the comment section or by email. And uh, make sure you leave a, a like and a comment or, or subscribe even. It really helps us out. It lets us know, uh, you know what the viewers like to see, what, what you guys are interested in, and helps other people kind of see what we're up to. So, as always, we thank you all for watching. Have a fantastic day.